It's the morning conversation, and in just over a month, the Todd Becker Foundation will host its second annual Stint Discipleship Weekend in Kearney. This year's theme is Answers That Matter. Brett Kunkel will be one of the featured speakers at the event. The founder and president of Maven Ministries, our guest has been working with students for more than a quarter century. Brett, welcome to the morning conversation. It's good to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're looking forward to it as well. And we're looking forward to having you in Nebraska here coming up for the Stent Weekend. You're going to be one of the speakers. So we're super excited about that. Before we get into all those things, when we have someone, a new guest on the morning conversation, we first like to get to know them as brothers in Christ before we kind of dive into kind of what they do. So yeah, we'd love to, to hear a little bit of your spiritual journey, how you came to know and love Jesus. So I grew up in the church and uh, have seen that uh, in hindsight as just a tremendous blessing. Now, when I went into my freshman year in college, I had this philosophy 101 class and I met a professor. His name was Dr. David Lane. He was a skeptic and he began to challenge my Christianity in class. I remember one time he were talking about moral theories and, and, and moral views, and he was talking about how Christianity taught that morality was this unchanging, objective thing. And then he opened up to the book of Leviticus and started reading these weird ceremonial laws for the nation of Israel. And he said, Brett, do, you, do Christians live by these laws anymore? And I, you know, of course I said, well, no, we don't follow those. And he said, well, why not if God's laws are supposed to be universal? And I just sat there in kind of silence, not knowing how to answer. And he said, hey, do you have a Bible on you? So I took it out and he's like, okay, take out a piece of paper and I want you to draw two lines on that piece of paper, divide that paper into three columns and the first, the top of the first column, write Matthew, the top of the second column, write Mark and the top of the third column, write Luke. And then he proceeded to spend like an hour with me looking at the resurrection story in Matthew and then looking at the resurrection story in Mark, writing down the details and the same thing with Luke. And then he showed me the differences between Matthew, Mark and Luke. And of course, his objection was, hey, look, here you have these differences. You have these contradictions between these three stories. He's like, you know, you really need to look into this stuff. And I had never heard that growing up in the church. No one had showed that to me. And that set me into a major episode of doubting my faith. Uh, And I look back at that and I'm thankful to God for that challenge. But because it was through that process that my faith was kind of torn down and then rebuilt much stronger. I discovered apologetics. I discovered that Christians have been engaging intellectually with the faith for 2,000 years. And I was able to build up a much stronger faith through that process of doubt. Brett, you're the founder and president of a ministry called Maven. I love the statement behind it. It's a movement to equip the next generation to know truth, pursue goodness, and create beauty. That sounds pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about the ministry. What is it and how did it get birthed? Yeah, well, ever since I was challenged as a, a young person, been passionate about the next generation, realizing there are a lot of young people like me that grow up in the church and maybe have even a really great upbringing in the church, very healthy discipleship, but are missing a piece. 
They're missing that worldview piece. They're missing the Romans 12, 2 piece where we are not conformed to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's Matthew 22. It's the command to love God with your heart, your soul, and your mind. And so what we want to do through the work of Maven is we want to help equip the next generation to love Jesus with heart, soul, and mind. And uh, our mission statement, no truth, pursue goodness, create beauty, is our way of saying, hey, passing on a Christian world and life view to the next generation. If all truth is God's truth, then every aspect of our life should be touched by our Christian faith. It doesn't matter whether you you go into full-time ministry or whether you're a, a business person or whether you are a nurse or, you know, whatever area of life you're working in, God's truth has something very important to say in the Christian worldview, which is just our picture of reality. But there is a Christian picture of reality that helps us to see reality as it actually is. And so we want to help the next generation to see everything through their Christian faith and their Christian convictions. And when they do that, they will not only know what they believe, they'll know why they believe it, but they'll also know why it matters for every single area of life. Brett, you are coming to Nebraska here pretty quickly at uh, the second annual, and we hope it keeps going because last year was a barn burner in all great ways, the uh, Todd Becker Foundation Stint Discipleship Weekend. So as you kind of heard about that weekend, and again, you've got plenty to do and fill up your plate in your time, but you made a choice to come be a part of that weekend. What attracted you to it? What made you want to spend that time? The stint event, it fits right in line with what we want to do at Maven. And in fact, one of my good friends, Sean McDowell, spoke at it last year and he raved about the event. Sean and I are allies. We do a lot of work together. He's like, you got to speak at this event. It was a packed house. And so got to meet the director, Alex, and we chatted and it was clear, yeah, we have the same goal and that is to equip the next generation with God's truth. You know, it it starts with that equipping, passing on the knowledge of God. You know, we we see this all throughout the scriptures. Uh, You see in the Old Testament, you know, the, the prophet Hosea saying, hey, without knowledge, my people perish. And you see it all the way through the New Testament. Jesus talks so much about the knowledge of the faith. In fact, the New Testament talks more about knowledge than it does about faith. But what the New Testament never does is it never pulls those things apart. It always brings them together. Our knowledge, truth, evidence, reason, those fit hand in hand with faith. In fact, it's interesting if you think about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, if Jesus did not bodily rise from the grave, if that is not a historical fact, then our faith is useless. He says our faith is worthless. It's in vain because you cannot separate Christianity from the facts. If it's a fact that his bones are still in the grave, he did not rise, then this is all a waste of time. But if he did rise from the grave, if it's actually true, if that's something we can know, then our faith is life transforming. This event, we're going to help young people have confidence that what they believe is actually 
true. You're a veteran of uh, youth ministry. You, you keep staying in there with youth. Why? What keeps you from moving on to uh, other age groups or other types of ministry? You, you, what keeps you in the youth space? Our work at Maven, because we're so passionate about young people, we actually work a lot with adults as well. We work with people who are equipping the next generation. There's only, you know, I mean, there's so much you can do with young people themselves, but you also have got to equip the people who are discipling young people. So that's parents, that's grandparents. I'm pretty convinced that in our current age, uh, a very secular age where the culture is aggressive, the culture is hostile towards the faith, we need stronger ties amongst those people who are discipling young people. We've got to have strong allies. Parents are the primary disciplers of their kids, but we also need other people who are investing in our kids as well. The church is God's primary vehicle for reaching this world. And so we need all of those adults invested in young people. So we have a parent podcast where we're weekly kind of coaching parents through how do you navigate the secular culture? We do uh, live events for adults as well. My wife and I do parenting conferences because we realize that, man, to have a leveraged impact on the next generation, we got to reach the leaders our work with young people does a couple of things for us. Number one, it gives me hope. You can read the news and you can see the headlines and you can you can see all the negativity out there. And there's definitely a lot of challenges. But when you're with young people and you see what the Lord is doing in their hearts and minds and you see God's spirit working in their lives at young ages, there is no cultural moment, no cultural challenge that will ever put Jesus back in the grave. And number two, working with young people, there's a teachability amongst a lot of young people. There's a passion that if you can capture these young people early on and you can help this kind of set a trajectory for their life where uh, God's truth is directing them, passionate about what they believe and why they believe it, you know, you can have an impact on thousands. It multiplies the impact. That's why we keep working with young people, because they give us hope. What are you concerned about? What are you deeply concerned about in regards to our youth today? There are several factors, I think, that are, are, are concerning. Number one, it's the view of truth that our young people are absorbing. And it's this relativism that says, hey, you determine your own truth. I determine my own truth. And therefore, you live your truth, I live my truth. And then what our culture has taught uh, our young people to do is to say, okay, you determine what's true for you, and then you express that, and then you demand that everyone around you affirms that, no matter what it is, because you're the authority, right? And so this is actually wrapped up into the identity of young people. And so therefore, I express that, and I demand that everyone around me goes along with it. And if you don't, then I say that you hate me, and you don't learn how to submit your life to reality or to some higher authority, which is absolutely central in God's world. Like humanity has been struggling with since the garden, idolatry, right? It's just putting anything else in the place of God, and here we have the self being elevated to the place that is reserved for God. I think along with that is uh, the rise of technology. I mean, it's infinitely customizable. 
There's a drop-down menu on everything, offering you a multitude of choices, constantly appealing to you and trying to cater to you at every angle. But then not only do you have that aspect of technology, you've got the social media piece, which what we're seeing with young people now are increasing levels of depression, anxiety, is plaguing our young people. And this is just unprecedented. We have not protected them when it comes to technology. But then, ironically, we've overprotected them when it comes to the world. We coddle our kids way too much. They don't develop any resilience. And so those two factors right there, I think, are a huge challenge for our young people and uh, contribute very seriously to uh, what we're seeing in the anxiety and depression in young people. Right. We were just talking about kind of the challenges and the concerns among youth today. But let's talk about the encouragement side. Again, you're around a lot of youth in what you do. What gets you excited about what you're seeing God do among youth? Uh, There are a lot of young people who in this day and age are very entrepreneurial, who have a lot of creative ideas. They're willing to invest in areas where they say, hey, there's an injustice here. There's something that's wrong here and we need to help kind of set the world right. And so I think we can capitalize on that. You know, what we have in the Christian worldview is we have the cause to live for, not just a cause that gives life meaning, helps us to live for something that's greater than just my own individual desires which we know just from the study of human psychology is one of the keys to happiness. If you want to experience happiness, you have to live for something beyond yourself. And the way I outline it for young people is, look, you've got two main causes. Great Commission of Matthew 28, where you're to go and make disciples, to share the work of Christ, what he did on the cross and in the resurrection. You're to share that with the world because that is good news for a, a lost and dying world. But then you also have Genesis 1, the cultural commission to subdue the earth and rule over it and be fruitful and multiply, have families, create culture. That's where we take God's world as it's given to us, and then we make things of it. That's what God means when he says, you know, subdue the world and rule over it. And so some some of us do that in business. Some of us do that as uh, construction workers. Some of us do that as, you know, medical researchers or doctors, where we're taking the natural resources of this world and we're, we're creating things, we're building things, and we can build good things. Those two commissions, what's called the Cultural Commission of Genesis 1 and the Great Commission of, of Matthew 28, that gives these young people a purpose for the rest of their lives within the context of God's kingdom and what he's doing in this world. So, Brett, speak to students, speak to parents, grandparents about the coming Stent Weekend. Why should that be an absolutely yes for them? Like, what can they anticipate? What would, how would you encourage? What we do oftentimes in our Christianity is we leave the mind out. And that is unbiblical. And not only is it unbiblical, it will short circuit our transformation. We are uh, transformed by the renewing of our minds. Well, if you leave your mind out of it, you're going to short circuit your transformation. I think this is why the stint week is so important because what we're going to do is we're going to elevate the mind to its proper place. We're to make a defense for the hope that we put in Christ. And that defense, giving reasons why 
we believe what we believe. At my first session, I'm going to help young people frame their Christianity in the proper way. And and that is uh, their faith is based upon truth. And we don't mean just true for us. We mean true for everyone, whether you believe it or not. And we're going to then look at the reasons why we think it's true. It's not enough for our kids to say, well, I go to church or I believe in God because my mom and dad did or because I was just I was just raised in the church. And so what we want to do is give them their own reasons, help them to see that there are reasons independent of anyone else that they should put their faith in Christ and give their whole life to him. And we're going to give young people the tools to navigate the challenges of this culture. In fact, one of the talks I'll be doing is on social media and uh, helping young people think carefully about uh, social media and its impact on them and how they should navigate it and how that you, you can take something even like social media and love God and love your neighbor. So I'm looking forward to the time that we're going to have rich conversation with these young people. Well, Brett, we know there are about 800 or so teenagers that are getting really excited to hear from you and Tim Stratton and the other speakers who will be sharing about Answers That Matter at next month's Stint Discipleship Weekend in Kearney, hosted by the Todd Becker Foundation. Now, we've got more details. You can find on the calendar on our website or by clicking Calendar on the MyBridge Radio app. Brett, thank you for joining us this morning. We'll see you soon. Yeah, I look forward to uh, being out there in March with all of you.